0: Maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles ready, today we'll be in First Thessalonians chapter 3. As we will finish the chapter up, we'll pick it up at about verse 8 through 13. I simply entitled this, Are You Willing to Pray Night?" And day. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. We got to have coffee for people. We got to have cappuccinos. That's not what the church is about. It's not about you having a soccer field and a football field. None of that stuff. It's about you raising people, your families, your marriages that is being raised and cultivated in the Word of God. And what's happened is we've had this this hustle and bustle of man's effort and man's determination. And man's confidence. And we try to do things in our own human thinking and scheming and achievement. And God's not involved in it. The Holy Spirit's not involved in it. This is man's work. That's not what God's called us to do. I don't need a building. I don't, I've told you, I don't care if we get a building. As long as we have a roof over our head and we can teach the Word of God, that's what we're doing. That's all it's about. Jesus didn't have a... Like, Jesus went from place to place teaching the Word of God. At what point did He have... Oh, well, what facility do you have for me? We've messed worship up completely. Worship's become more about me. 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 And not about Him. The modern church needs to wake up. The Western church needs to wake up. I'm going to read you this, and, and this is very important when we think about prayer... We think about them praying night and day for the the church in Thessalonica. I want you to get this, and this is very important. And and when Jesus is in the garden in Mark chapter 14, Mark chapter 14, verse 32. And you all know the story really well. and, And when I say story, it's real people, real place, real events. Okay? That's the Bible. Mark 14, verse 32 through 42 says this. They came to a place in Gethsemane. And he says to his disciples, Sit here until I have prayed. And he took with him Peter, James, and John. And he began to be very distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch. And he went a little beyond them, And fell to the ground and began to pray that if it were possible that the hour might pass him by. And he was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible from you. Remove this cup from me, yet not I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not keep watch for one hour? Keep watching and praying that you might not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Again, he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again, he came, from, uh, came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy, uh, very heavy, and they did not uh, know what to answer him. And he came a third time, saying, Are you still sleeping and resting? Is it not enough? The hour has come. Behold, the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners get up and let us go uh, let us be going behold the one who portrays me is that hand you know pastor chuck used to have a thing that he would do for 1 corinthians 13 where it says love is patient love is kind and he would say chuck is patient chuck is kind is chuck patient is chuck kind i would take this and tell you as we read that and he took And I can go, and he took Kevin, and he took Mike, and he took Court. Sit here until I pray. Sit here until I pray. Is he going to have to come wake you up? Is he going to have to come tell you, couldn't you not keep one hour? Could you not pray for an hour? Could you not go in the prayer closet for an hour? Could you not pray for my church? Could you not pray for the people in my area, for Divine and Lytle and Natalia? Could you not pray there are people that are lost, that need Jesus? Could you not pray for one hour? Am I going to come back the second and the third time and still find you asleep? This verse hit me hard this week because it convicted me about my prayer life. I'm telling you, as a pastor, I need to pray more. Billy Graham said the one thing when he was asked before he died, what would you change if there was anything you could change? And he said, I would pray, spend more time in prayer. See, this was Paul's heart. This was Christ's heart, is to be praying. You can do more through prayer than you could ever do through works. Remember that. This church can get more done through prayer than it can through works. We have to be careful not to allow our human scheming to come into the church. We want to be, remember I told you all last week about the importance of being connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot walk this walk with Christ without it. You need it. But we are to pray. We know the, the acronym is adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Your part's at the end. I want you to turn with me to Revelation chapter 4. We're going to read the whole chapter. I'm spending a lot of time in God's Word today. Praise God. Revelation chapter 4. Now I want you to think about adoration when we read this. After these things I looked and behold a door standing upon in heaven, open in heaven, And the first voice which I heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after these things. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was standing in heaven. And one sitting on the throne, and he was who was sitting was like Jasper, like Sardis in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne. Like an emerald in appearance, around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and upon the thrones I saw twenty-four elders sitting, clothed in white garments and golden crowns on their heads. Out from the throne come flashes of lightning and sounds and peals of thunder, and there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was something like a sea of glass, like crystal. And in the center around the throne, four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. And the first creature was like a lion. And the second creature was like a calf. And the third creature had a face like a, that of a man. And the fourth creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures and one of them having six wings and are full of eyes around within. And, the, and day and night, day and night, they do not cease to say Holy, holy, holy God Almighty, who was and who is and who, has, who is to come. And when the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to Him who sits on the throne, to Him who, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before Him who sits on the throne and will worship Him who lives forever and ever, and will cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, O Lord, and our, our God to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things because of your will they existed and were created. That's adoration. That's worship. That's coming before the, the throne of God and saying, I'm, I, like you're coming to prayer. Like who are you coming before? To pray. Like he's being worshipped right now. Night and day. Holy, holy, holy. Holy. And you're just kind of, uh eh, let's pray. I don't feel like praying. It's like we, we have to understand when we think about adoration, like you need to spend time in adoration. The other thing you need to spend time in is thanksgiving. Like, again, are you going to give thanks? But confession. We are all sinners. You will not get through this. You probably haven't got through this morning without sinning. There's been something that's ran across your head, and you're going, where would that come from? Lord, forgive me. You ever had a dream and you're in sin in the dream? I have, man, wake up, Lord, forgive me. Why did I say that? Confess your sins. And then you get to your supplication. Make sure you, you take time to do that. And he says that, uh, and they, back to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, and, and as we night and day kept uh, praying most earnestly that, we may see your face and may complete what is lacking in your faith. So what is lacking in the faith? And he's just praying for them to be strengthened in their faith. Whatever is lacking, and that word lacking in the Greek actually means to set a bone. Like if a bone's broken, and he's going to set it. And it's going it's to grow back stronger. It's, it's going to be mended perfectly. And that's what he's doing. And Paul was not, and this is where Christians need to, y'all skin is too, Soft sometimes, okay? I'm just going to go ahead and say it, because Paul had no problem telling Timothy, <laughs> "Hey bro, you're being timid. You're scaredy cat, bro. Stop acting like that." He tells him in 2 Timothy chapter one, verses six and seven, he says, "For this reason, I remind you, because he's telling Timothy, "Man, I'm hearing that you're having digestive issues. <laughs> bro, what's going on? He tells them, fan into flame the, the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has uh, gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. He's like, Timothy, remember, you, you fear God. Don't fear man. I laid hands on you. You have a calling. Answer the call that you have. Now, when we think of discipleship, oh, no, 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 you can't tell somebody that. Man, stop all that. That's the problem. This is why we have so many hypocrites in the church. Because we don't correct people when they need to be corrected. We don't build them up. That's what Paul is doing here. He's like, hey, that timidity is going to cost you in the long run. You need to get a hold of this now. You need to get a hold of this now. You need to step up step into the things that God has given you fan the flame fan the flame and and so when we have in our own life things that are lacking like if you come to me and say hey man Mike you don't, you didn't speak to me with love i'm going to i'm going to stop and say hey what happened what did i say well dude i'm sorry man i'll be hey i need to be corrected too sometimes hey mike you had crazy eyes For some reason, everybody says when I'm angry, it's all on my face. And I'm sorry. I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm working on the stuff in here. It still comes out here, right? And so it's okay. It's like, it's okay. Tell me. Hey, Mike, you look like you had crazy eyes, bro. Are you all right? Hey, man, pray for me. I'm upset. I think my flesh is ready to come out. Hey, I'll be straight up with you. I I told y'all, my feet are made of clay just like yours are. Let's be real with each other. But if if I have to correct you, you have to. Cor- you need to have skin like a rhinoceros. Come on, we gotta. We gotta. It can't be soft. We gotta hold each other up, because we man, we're trying to bring people to Christ, man. One of the things as a pastor, I pray for is that you don't allow the word of God to choke. Uh, that you would allow that seed to be choked out in your life. One of the things I pray is that you continue to take the word of God seriously because that was what Paul said and and to the the church in Thessalonica and 1 first Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 he said this for this reason we also give thanks I uh, give thank God with uh without ceasing because when you received the word of God which you heard from us you welcomed it not as the word of man but as it is in truth the Word of God, which is also effectively works in you who believe. As a pastor, that's what, my, what I pray for you. Understand it's the truth. And Jesus is the truth. There is no other truth. And He's the Logos, so you have the Word of God. You hear from Christ every day as you open it. It's in it's without error. Spend time in it. So when you go through affliction, Psalm 119, 107, I'm exceedingly afflicted. Revive me, Lord, according to your word. Got to have it stored on your heart. Jeremiah, when we look at the word of God, we see the word of God is given to us in three ways. I got to get moving here. I'm going too too long here. Jeremiah 23, verse 29, it says, "Is not my word like a fire, says the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rocks in pieces. It's also like a sword. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12, the verse you'll probably know very well. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We see that it's three things. It's a fire. Just what he told Timothy, ignite and fan the flame. It's the fire. It's the fire that consumes and ignites the heart. And it burns the heart of man. And it, and it consumes evil. Like you know what's evil because you have it stored on your heart. That's why you're supposed to be in it. It's the hammer. It's the Word of God that breaks the stony, rocky heart of the sinner. You start walking away and drifting from God. And then you pop the radio on. or you Something comes over you that somebody shares with you and you know it's from the Word of God. And it's like a hammer. And it just, boom and it shatters you and you realize you're in sin but you know what I love is that a hammer does what it not only breaks it builds You nail that conviction to your heart nail that word of God to your heart and then it's also a sword it can cut down to the innermost depths of a person to their heart and soul and get down to the true person that you are the person that only you and God know about That's what the Word of God does. So let's not lack in that in 2024. Verse 11, Now may our God and Father Himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. So he's praying also now for them to be directed back to them in in Thessalonica. Paul wanted to go back and minister to them some more to build the church, to grow the church. In verse 12, it says, And and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. He's like, increase and abound in what? Love. Agape love. A sacrificial love. Not expecting anything in return. But to what? To love one another, but to love all. That means everybody. Everybody you walk into H-E-B with, when they pull the cart right in front of you, go ahead. My wife would tell me, I was like, just go ahead. I, I don't even fight it no more. I was just like, they, they were already just, they're cutting in front of me. Just go ahead. It's not worth it. Love them. You know what? And when you do that, most of the times, those are the conversations you get to have with people. Or, or the cashier sees it and says, sorry. And you're like, okay. And you start a conversation with the cashier. Love the people that you're around love your fa- you know some of you don't even love your family <laughs> you got family that you hate you got to get past that love them pray for them that's what paul was doing he's like i'm praying that you would abound in love hey they may be acting like a fool but you abound in love and you love them it's it's going to be god's love and 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 when that's displayed they're going to want to know well why are you like that when everything around you seems so chaotic i got god Jesus changed my life, and I would love to share Christ with you. We we have to be known for our love. I love that. He says abound. What kind of fragrance are you making? Because we're supposed to walk in love. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, it says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God. Some of you stink. It got all funky. I'm sorry, man. Let's be real. That you you have met Christians where you're going, man. Their fragrance is nasty. Hey, like, bro. Because they just they're hypocrites. Let's not be that. Right? Let's not be that. Let's not be that. And then verse 13 says this. So then he may establish your hearts blameless, and this is the most important thing. He's like, I want to perfect and have you abound in love, teaching you to love one another and to love all, but also that your hearts be blameless, so hearts blameless in, in, in holiness before our God and Father. Now, holiness only happens because of why? You're covered by the blood of Christ. That's the only reason why God sees you. He sees His Son. You are practicing... And trying to perfect righteousness and holiness. Why? Because we are still dealing with sin. But Paul's saying, Hey, I want y'all to be blameless in holiness. And I love what he ends with. At the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. It's like, hey, this thing, Jesus is returning. Won't be the Lamb of God. It'll be the Lion of Judah coming to judge. Psalm 138 uh, verse 3 says on that on the day I called you answered me my strength and my soul you increased we need to understand like our life here on earth this is not our home and Jesus is returning and we have a very little bit of time to reach the loss and to bring back the prodigals and we don't do that because we physically do that we do that through prayer we do that through the heart that Paul had for the church in Thessalonica. Paul didn't care whether you were Jew or Gentile. Didn't care about none of the other stuff. He cared that you became a follower of Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. And that's what we need to get back to. We need to be a church that prays. We, I, you know, when I, I I've really been blessed. I, I can be very honest with y'all. We have been as a small church, we have been through some ups and downs, and I have seen the love of Christ be displayed through y'all. I have seen y'all welcome people and love on people as they come through the door. And I pray that, even, to me, we've had people, and you'll have people that'll come and in, in, in visit and stuff. And, and, and for obvious reasons, I mean, we're, there are things that they need specifically for a ministry or something that they may need for their child or whatever. And it's going to be satisfied through a bigger church because they have the staff and stuff to do that. But at the end of the day, I pray that when people come and when they go, oh, no, man, I went and visited that church, they were known for their love. They loved on us. They loved on us. And we were so blessed to be able to hang out with them. That's what I pray. One of the things that we need to do, just remember our vision for 2024 is to, look, people around you are going to go through affliction. It tells us, Paul tells us that we were appointed for them. Everybody has a date and appointment for affliction. Yippee, right? <laughs> You're like, thanks, Paul. But he was just trying to prepare us for life. He's just preparing us for life. Look, I, I, I've told you, I never wanted an autoimmune disease. I never wanted to get sick at 28. I never wanted to go to combat. Never wanted to do any of that stuff. But I didn't know God then. I know God. And I know that I have, back then I would just go, what is going on? I didn't have anything to cling to. I cling to the world. You're appointed for affliction, so what do you do? You bring them into the presence of God. That's that, that song, I'm caught up in your presence. Bring them, say, look, let's get into the word of God. You know what, can I come over, let's just, let me listen and hear what's going on in your life and I'll pray with you. And you be ready to admonish and give them the word of God. And then the other thing is is that we need to be ready to make disciples. Paul had a heart. A heart. Because look, I one of the things that we're very funny about when we do these type of events and we're we're looking at doing this event in the spring, we have to partner with other churches. We partner with their youth pastors because we want to make sure those kids get discipled. Because what'll happen? We would it would be it's my prayer. I'm just like Paul. Did they get it? Did the enemy, did the tempter come in and take it? And they're back following their their old ways? No, we want to make sure that we have people ready to plug in and get them into discipleship. That should be the heart of the church. And the church is struggling with this for some reason. We need to get back to it. Remember I asked you, do you have a Timothy? We all need a Timothy, but we also need to be a Timothy. We need to be discipled as much as we are discipling others. And if you're not walking with God, don't disciple anybody. (laughs) Yeah, because you're going to teach them wrong. Okay? And then lastly, we need to be a church that prays. Is He going to find you asleep? Could you not pray with me for an hour? Could you not pray for our missionaries? Take one each day and pray for them. Pray for your church. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the servants. Pray for the community. I spent a lot of time praying for this community. Praying for Purisaw right now. I don't know what God is fixing to do, but God's fixing to pop something off over there. I already know it. The gospel's for everybody, and it needs to go out. We just have to be willing to be used. Pray for a worship. I'm like, man, if we could have a choir, do we have any voices? Let's just do it choir. We'll do it a cappella, man. I know I can't sing, so don't ask me to do it. I got the worst voice ever. It sounds sweet to God, but not to everybody around me. The chairs would not turn, but we need to be a praying church. I love y'all, and uh, I am so grateful for y'all and for all y'all do and y'all's hearts. And I am me and Teresa are praying for y'all.